I'm your host, Derek. And I'm Tony. I'll be joining him today. And you know, it's funny. Uh, I feel like every time we're about to click the record button, that's when we both have to cough 50 times, clear our throat, get a couple drinks, clear our throat again. Yeah, I was trying to remember what we're going to be talking about. Uh, I do know what we're going to be talking about because I have all the papers right in front of me, but... Um... You know, it's not 100% clear in my mind. Yeah, and then the nerves get to you and we're like, gotta psych <laughs> ourselves up to record this shit. <sighs> okay, today, a Double Thought Dimension, we're going to be talking about um, kind of the the beginnings of false flags in the United States. Explain um, what a false flag is, please. A false flag operation is where the government... Um, uses the guise of a false flag you know it's kind of like on a ship say the u.s wanted to go to war with cuba or name any country they're in the ocean they hoist a different flag other hoist they hoist a different flag other than a u.s flag uh so they would hoist a canadian flag fire on the opposing ship, whatever country they want to be going to war with, and then that country would think that it's a Canadian ship, not an American ship. Hence, so basically they're killing their own people or damning their own ship, theoretically, to make it seem like the opposing side is the one that did it, so that way the American people are like, sweet, now we have to go to war. Yes. Okay. With the people that the government originally wanted. Yeah, so, you know, usually if uh, the American Americans don't want to go to war, war doesn't benefit anyone, especially not the average person. It does, however, benefit the government and all the, the companies that are affiliated with the government, like um, all the military companies that supply um, things for war, like uh, ships, planes, bullets, body armor, all that. So those companies benefit from us being at war constantly, uh, but the American people doesn't. <coughs> so the American people needs to be tricked into going to war. You know, it's it's easier to want to go to war if you feel that you've been attacked. Um, but as I have noticed, well, not not just me, but <laughs> shit loads of people um, prior to me have documented the uh, false flag events. That have led us into wars. You mean such as 9-11, perhaps? Possibly 9-11. Perhaps. Possibly every war we've been in. You know. Mm. Who knows? Anyway. Um, the first thing we're going to be talking about is the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Um, is that a um, Tolkien character? Mm-mm. No? Not the Gulf of Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Bilbo's... Just, just um, checking. I thought we were going on a fucking quest. This isn't Bilbo's to false Mordor. flag. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever heard of the Gulf of Tonkin? I have ever, not. Ever, before Never right have ever heard <clears throat> that, except the other day when you said, hmm, maybe I should look into Gulf of Gandalf or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And that's it. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway, the Gulf of Tonkin incident uh, is widely believed to be the cause of why we entered Vietnam. Um, okay. So I'm just going to read a little uh, short <clears throat> excerpt of the how we came to be, or how the Gulf of Ton Tonkin incident um, happened. Uh, I just got this article off of history.com. Um, it's written by Jesse Greenspan, um, originally in 2014. I just wanted to read this article because the Gulf of Tonkin is just a uh, historical event. Um, it was later used to justify going to war in Vietnam, but at the time it was just seen as a, an event that was shitty and they used to get us into a war. Okay, 
I'm going to stop you for just a second and ask, why did they want to go to war with them in the first place? Like, why? what was their reasoning for, like, wanting to go and and, and start war with them and, and go through all the trouble of doing this supposed false flag? Um, there's lots of theories about why we wanted to be in Vietnam. Um, the main reason that the government gives for us wanting to be in Vietnam is we needed to stop communism in the Far East. Uh, and Vietnam was right there. You know, Vietnam is right next to all those countries in the East. Mm -hmm. So they felt that if Vietnam was going to turn pure communist like China, that it would it would start a domino effect of all those countries leading um, them farther away from the U.S. point of view and more towards China. Um, so they felt that they needed to be in Vietnam. This is the official what they say. Right. That they needed to be in Vietnam to stop the domino effect of communism uh, just totally engulfing all of the... Middle East. The, not the Middle East. Wherever you said, the <laughs> East East place. The Indochina, basically. The gotcha. Middle East is the other war. You kept saying East. So. <clears throat> yeah, the Far East. The Middle East. Have you ever seen a map? Do you even know where Vietnam is? <laughs> uh, you know, you don't have to break out the globe. Uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's a nice globe. Thanks. See, here is China. This is China right here. Yep, got that. I see that in big, see, bold letters. This is Vietnam. Right here. Okay, so look at China. Right. <laughs> and look at Vietnam. They think little tiny Vietnam, if they stop that, that's what's going to start the domino. They. What about China? If China's already... The, look at that. Right. That's like a pimple on an elephant's ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. See, so that, they, that's what they thought. Well, they thought there was going to be a domino effect to cause communism to, you know, go to the Philippines. I know, and but look at that else. tiny little fucking thing compared to all those huge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now that you see this on a map, it's a little bit more. You know, that's why this is called the now Far just, East. See, and then that why this is called the Middle East. Ah, see? yes, yes, got it. Now, thank yeah, you. this is a, one of the big problems with Americans. Is put the, we yeah, put the globe back. Don't know what the hell we're talking about. You know, they. Uh, they just say shit on the news and we're like, oh, Vietnam. Yeah, we better stop fucking, um, we don't want communism in Vietnam. And if you just look at a fucking map and see where Vietnam is, like, um, they're right next to China. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they have way more influence by the Chinese than, than the U.S. Well, and just as a side note, just because you had just said something about, you know, just believing basically whatever you're told. But since you broke out the fucking globe... I just want to say that, like, one of the things that I've learned is that even on globes and maps, they make the U.S. way bigger than it actually is in real life on those places to make us seem, like, dominant or something. I was just reading about that the other day. So, like, even, like, in size comparison. So, like, size comparison to, say, you know, I don't know, Greenland or something, you know. Like, <laughs> well, the U.S. is continent. Is I know that. But I'm saying that... Like, in school and shit, and even here, they they make it, like, size comparison, they make it way bigger than it actually is. As far as, I, I'm not explaining this right, and my tangent is ruined now. Now that you see in the United States how small it looks compared to South America? No, like, they make it bigger looking than, comparison-wise. Like, it's actually, supposedly, anyway... Smaller, like when when you see it in school, they have it like more mm -hmm. blown up compared to other places, so we seem more dominant. Oh. If that makes sense, like, like obviously you can't change the size of the U.S. That's obviously whatever, but on maps they make it bigger. Like the size comparison is just off greatly on maps and globes and stuff because they want us to seem more dominant. Supposedly, because I was just reading about that. Anyway, my side tangent is done. Okay. Continue on, please, sir. Okay, now we kind of know where the hell we're talking about uh, as far as the globe goes. Okay, I'm just going to read this article. It's not very long. It's by Jesse Greenspan called The Gulf of Tonkin Incident 50 Years Ago. Although it's more than 50 years ago because this was written in 2014. 
Okay, after World War II, France reoccupied its former colonies in Southeast Asia, only to be kicked out again by the forces of communist leader Ho Chi Minh. In 1954, as the conflict wound down, the world's powers reached an agreement to temporarily divide Vietnam in two, with all Ho supporters going north and all French supporters going south. Elections were supposed to reunite the country within a couple of years, but the United States opposed them over concerns that Ho would win the presidency. Instead, it propped up the corrupt and authoritarian government of No Dinh Dim. South Vietnam was essentially No Dinh Dim. No I don't know. I can't pronounce this name. N G O is the first name. D I N H is the middle name, and D I E M is the last name. No Dinh Dim. <laughs> South Vietnam was essentially the creation of the United States. The Defense Department would later admit in, Pen in the Pentagon Papers. <clears throat> Oh no, hold on. South Vietnam was essentially the creation of the United States, the Defense Department would later admit in the Pentagon Papers. Within a few years, a rebellion had sprung up against Diem, aided by Ho's forces in the north, who oversaw a string of assassinations against non-communist village leaders. Under President Harry Truman, Dwight D. Eisenhower, JFK, and Lyndon B. Johnson, the United States gave France and then South Vietnam, economic aid and weapons with which to fight the communist rebels. It also sent over more and more military advisors, some of whom participated in raids despite being there only for self-defense. As part of one such covert operation, the United States trained and directed South Vietnamese sailors to bombard radar stations, bridges, and other targets along the North Vietnamese coast. Meanwhile, U.S. warships such as the Maddox, conducted electronic espionage missions in order to relay intelligence to South Vietnam. The rebels continued gaining ground, however, both before and after U.S. officials sanctioned a coup in which Diem was murdered. So this is all prior. We're not at war with Vietnam at this point. Okay. This is all prior to any war activities happening in Vietnam. At this point, U.S. involvement in Vietnam remained largely in the background, but in the pre-dawn hours of July 31st, 1964, U.S.-backed patrol boats shelled two North Vietnamese islands in the Gulf of Tonkin, after which the Maddox headed to the area. As it cruised along on August 2nd, it found itself facing down three Soviet-built North Vietnamese torpedo boats that had come out, of the, out to chase it away. The Maddox fired first, issuing what the U.S. authorities described as warning shots. Undeterred, the, th the three boats continued approaching and opened up with machine gun and torpedo fire of their own. With the help of F-8 Crusader jets dispatched from a nearby aircraft carrier, the Maddox badly damaged at least one of the North Vietnamese boats while emerging completely unscathed, except for a single bullet that lodged it in its superstructure. The following day, the U.S. destroyer turned Turner Joy was sent to reinforce the Maddox, and U.S.-backed raids took place against two additional North Vietnamese defense positions. Then, on August 4th, the Maddox and Turner Joy reported that they had been ambushed with enemy boats firing 22 torpedoes at them. In response, President Johnson ordered airstrikes against North Vietnamese boat bases and an oil storage depot. Aggression by terror against the peaceful villagers of South Vietnam has now been joined by open aggression on the high seas against the United States of America, he said that evening in a televised address. He also requested a congressional resolution known as the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution, which on August 7th passed unanimously in the House and with only two dissenting votes in the Senate, essentially giving him the power to wage war in Southeast Asia as he saw fit. Throughout these hectic few days, the Johnson administration asserted that the destroyers had been on routine patrol in international waters. In actuality, however, the destroyers were on an espionage mission in waters claimed by North Vietnam. The Johnson administration also described the two attacks as unprovoked. It never disclosed the covert U.S.-backed raids taking place. Another problem: the second attack was almost certainly the second attack almost certainly never occurred. Instead, it's believed that the crew members of the Maddox mistook their own sonars sonars pings off the rudder of the North Vietnamese torpedoes. In the conclusion, in the confusion, Matt, the Maddox nearly even fired at the Turner Joy. Yet when U.S. intelligence officials presented the evidence to policymakers, they deliberately omitted most of the relevant communication intercepts. 
according to National Security Agency documents declassified in 2005. Um, that's when I graduated high school, 2005. Nice. As a side note. The overwhelming body of reports, if used, would have told the story that no attack had happened, an NSA historian wrote. So a conscious effort ensued to demonstrate that an attack occurred. The Navy likewise says it is now clear that North Vietnamese naval forces did not attack Maddox and Turner Joy that night. In private, Johnson himself uh, expressed doubts about the Gulf of Tonkin incident, reportedly telling a State Department official that those dumb, stupid sailors were just shooting at flying fish. He also questioned the idea of Vietnam of being in Vietnam at all. A man can fight if he can see daylight down the road somewhere, he told a senator in March 1965. But there ain't no daylight in Vietnam. There's not a bit. Yet even as he said that, he was committing the first ground combat units and initiating a massive bombing campaign. The United States would not withdraw from Vietnam until 1973, by which time a disillusioned Congress had voted to repeal the same Gulf of Tonkin resolution it had so overwhelmingly supported just a few years earlier. So, you said that was a short excerpt. Yeah, that's not short. Only like three paragraphs. Okay, break it down. So basically, they were there in South Vietnam. They were there uh, supporting the Southern Vietnam because they had split. Mm -hmm. uh, the North of Vietnam was controlled by Ho Chi Minh. Communist. Mm -hmm. The South was supported by the U.S. and the French and the Allies, probably NATO. And we were on the South side's portion. Uh, so we were supplying. It's the same thing. It keeps happening over and over again in every war. We're supposedly not in any open war with these countries. But we send in um, helpers or uh, what do you call them? Um, military... Um, Advisors. We send in military advisors to go to these countries and help the troops of whatever country we're in to basically fight against the government or overthrow the government or whatever. Mm -hmm. So in reality, the, these military advisors, whenever they, they say military advisor, what they're really talking about is special forces, Green Berets, the CIA, and all the tier one units. So Delta Force, Dev Group, all like the top, Navy SEAL. Top people. Yeah. So whenever you hear, uh, we just sent some, some military advisors to blah, blah, blah. What they're meaning is that really special forces troops are training Well, and that's rebels. misleading because when you say military advisors, I assume like two guys in business suits are going down there no. to like scope things out and like see what we can do or not do. That's what that sounds like. Right. But military advisors in reality, because they were doing covert missions, uh, they were bombing uh, all these oil depots and whatnot, they just couldn't officially say that they were doing it. Because they you can't just bomb whoever the hell you want, according to the U.S. Constitution. The only way you can do any of that is if the Congress votes on a war and declares war. Congress is the only people that have the right or the authority under the Constitution to declare war. So if the Congress doesn't declare war, then if we bomb a country or do any sort of force against a country, that's illegal against in our own Constitution. Right. So, But if they get all the American people who are like gung-ho about it and like, all right, we got to get these fuckers, then Congress is going to be like, oh, we got to please the people or whatever, you know, right? sort of thing. So then they will pass it to be able to... To go and do that then. Right. But even in this case, so the, the Congress didn't declare war here. Okay. You know, all they did was uh, LBJ went to Congress and said um, that one of our ships was attacked on um, in the Gulf of Tonkin. And it was an act of war by Ho Chi Minh and we're going to retaliate. Uh, so they passed the Gulf of Tonkin resolution, you know, in the Congress. But that is not the same as declaring war. So they used the Gulf of Tonkin resolution as a justification for put, uh, putting in ground troops. You know, which obviously anytime you put ground troops in, there's going to be open war. <laughs> you know, you don't just commit do a I, brigade. Do I know that? Why would I know that? I wouldn't know Right, that. but I mean, you don't commit an infantry combat brigade to go to a country... 
unless it's for war purposes, you know. Yeah, I suppose. You know, I'm starting to wonder here if this whole podcast business is just so you can educate me so that way you actually have a challenge during Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> That's what I'm starting to think. You whipped out a globe on me. So Yeah, actually, this whole podcast is purely <laughs> a conspiracy. Actually, it it's is. not a conspiracy because it's just my, you know, a conspiracy has to be two or more people. Well, we are too, but you're doing it to me. Yeah, but you don't know. You're, you don't even know you're a part of the conspiracy. I do now. I just I just confronted you, fuckhead. God, you know, I got one pie piece on Trivial Pursuit the other day, so I just want to say fuck you to that, so. That's true. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so there, um, anytime that any of that stuff happens and they commit ground troops, there's going to be a war. So they based the entire Vietnam War on the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution, which the entire Gulf of Tonkin resolution was based on this Gulf of Tonkin incident that happened in off the off of Vietnam in the Gulf of Tonkin, but it it was proven fifty years later that that second attack that they used to to justify doing the resolution was bullshit. It was made up. And it they, it wasn't made up, it but was, but it was a ruse based yeah, by our yeah people. the they there had been shit happened the day before and then. Then on that day, you know, even even planes flying overhead of the incident were like, "What the fuck are these ships firing at? There ain't nothing in the out there." Mm-hmm. So the 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 guys on sonar most likely just fucked up, and then once one part person starts shooting, then everyone starts shooting, and next thing you know, the whole ship is just ex uh, gone black on ammo, and and then it's like, oh shit. Fuck, there's no one here, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So they they just use that as a justification to to start war. scare the hell out of you know because we were not definitely had no reason to go to Vietnam or be a part of Vietnam, you know. How the hell do you get a guy well, from I mean, Kansas to want to go right fight well, in I Vietnam? Well, I honestly wonder that in basically any war like we don't even take care of our own why the fuck are we trying to no offense i mean i don't mind helping people obviously i'd give the shirt off my back to literally anyone who needed it but i mean we got to make sure that we're okay first you know it's kind of like the fucking airplanes they always tell you put your fucking air mask on first before you help your neighbor that put makes your sense. oxygen mask on what did i say air mask whatever fuck it <laughs> shut up i'm tired be quiet but yeah you know like if we can't even take care of our own, why the fuck we anywhere else? You know, that's not our business yet until our people are taken care of and fed and clothed and quit fighting about bullshit. I don't see the reason to do war at all. But so I understand them needing to like create ruses to get the American people on board because, again, just referencing 9 11 again, you know, if that was a ruse, it fucking worked. Because how many people were, like, literally the next day, like, let's fucking retaliate, let's fucking kill those motherfuckers, like, you know, that's all it took for literally everyone and their fucking mother to be on board with, yep, it's time, we need to send our our own boys in to go and take care of shit, you know, and now they're fucking still there, so, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, they use this ruse to start Vietnam, and now they have ground troops in. Yeah, so um, uh, I'm mainly just talking about uh, you know I want to go over the incidents that led to these mm-hmm. conflicts. So this that was in 1964. Uh, we were in Vietnam all the way up until 1975. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifty-eight thousand American troops dead, uh, over a million Vietnamese uh, civilians. I mean, it's just a total bunch of bullshit, and all of it, you know. This is why they never want to declare war, because under the Constitution, if you declare war, you know, Congress declares war, to declare a war, you have to have a plan of some kind Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's a document, like, we're going to declare war against this country because of this reason, and this is what we're going to do. Step one, bomb them. Step two, you know, there's a whole outline, like a battle plan, and then if based on all this uh this is what winning will be if we gain this much territory or they surrender or blah 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 uh then we'll we'll be declared as a, the winner and we won't have to be there no more 
Um, so that's why they never want to declare war with Congress because that's, I mean, like with Afghanistan in 2001, we pretty much destroyed the Taliban within like a month or two. And for all intents and purposes, the war was over. But since there was no declaration of war outlining what the mission was, what the parameters for success were, how long we're supposed to be there, and, and who we're supposed to be fighting, then the war can just continue on forever. Because the war is always going to be a war if you have no mission and no objectives. I mean, every, every time you bomb a, a place, you're creating more enemies every single time. Mm -hmm. And every time you fuck up and accidentally bomb a civilian target, you're creating even more enemies. And that just leads to more and more and more people that are who never were even against you. Now they are, are against you and you have to fight them, you know. So if you have no clear objectives of what the purpose of the war is for, then the war will never end. So the, so they didn't have that for Vietnam. They didn't have like a No. clear definition no. of the No, it, it wasn't declared by Congress. And that's why it lasted what? Would you say 11, 11 years? 11 years, yeah. Be, uh, up until Afghanistan, that was the longest war up until then. Jeez. Yeah, so th this is why I wanted to talk about this subject, because I think a lot of people just do not know about this. I, d I didn't. I didn't at all. I had no idea why, really, why we went to Vietnam. I, you know, I yeah. it's horrible and whatever, but I didn't, I didn't know why. And an another thing about Vietnam and the Gulf of Tonkin incident, I mean... Vietnam is where um, the CIA really was perfected. And because of Vietnam, the CIA got super great um, real-world training uh, that has permeated up until this day, you know. Mm -hmm. If they didn't, didn't have um, 11 years of real-world experience to to show their um, agents that, that were in the CIA at that time, then who knows what they would have done, you know, after that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, is, it set up a bad precedent to uh, for the future uh, of America and the future of wars. So, yeah, that's pretty much it about the Gulf of Tonkin. Um, <clears throat> but there's uh, virtually every war... <laughs> that we've got into, um, there's a similar story, pattern. That's a similar pattern. So that's that's Vietnam. Um, there's also um, a theory out there um, that FDR, um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, had foreknowledge of Pearl Harbor. You know, which Pearl Harbor, we were not in the war. In World War Two, we had not entered the war until Pearl Harbor happened. Mm -hmm. So on December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Yeah, on December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Where's my puzzle piece? Yeah, we weren't in uh, World War Two. We were staying mm -hmm. out of it. We didn't want to be a, a, a part of it. But Pearl Pearl, Pearl Harbor happened, and then. Next thing you know, uh, you know, they actually did declare war in World War Two on Germany and when you Japan. Say they, Congress, they. Congress. Okay. Our Congress? Our Congress, yeah. Okay. But, you know, that actually happened, you know, uh, Pearl Harbor happened. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's some Freedom of Information Act files that, um, pretty much disclosed the fact that FDR had foreknowledge that the Japan, that the Japanese were um, going to be bombed, the, that it, that they were going to get attacked in, in okay, Pearl Harbor. What, what proof or whatever does anyone have that he knew? Well, there's this... Uh, so right, You keep saying that he had possible prior knowledge what what makes you think that so they created this thing called freedom freedom of information the freedom of information act okay. so anyone can file a freedom of information act um paper and submit it to the government for files from the government because the government is supposed to 
be, you know, we elect the government. So everything they do is not supposed to be secret. We're supposed to know, you know, because we, they take our taxes and we send our representatives. So they're supposed to know, we're supposed to know what the hell is going on. Right. So they created the Freedom of, of Information Act to be able to, for journalists and just regular citizens to get class, previously classified files um, from the government, you know. So there's some uh, Freedom of Information Act files um, on FDR uh, that... And that's public information to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have another article here that was... Um, Same type of thing. I just got a, a, a random article off of uh, um, from the Independent uh, magazine. Um, but these Freedom of Information Acts, um, they just go to show that uh, um, FDR had knowledge, foreknowledge that um, the Japan, the Japanese were gonna bomb Pearl Harbor. Um, <clears throat> And it's the same type of thing. Uh, they they were not benefiting from war at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, we were not in World War Two, so they wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> um, but, but for what purpose again? Like, what would be the motive uh, there? I mean, there's always motive for something, and usually it's just something stupid like money or power. It's mostly or money reasons. You know, I mean, the the economy works best, at least in their eyes, at war because there's constant need for production and a constant, um, you know, it's like the broken window theory in economics. That is where you walk by a store and you throw a brick through the guy's window. By throwing a brick through the window, you just created jobs by... Um, having the business owner have to call a window repairman to come fix the window. And then there's someone who needs and, to make the window. Yeah, so that's a theory in economics. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not good, you know. But that's how they kind of view, the government views war. War is good for business, for them, because right. all of the contracting companies, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I understand that. It's just in my head, like without a, I don't know, it's, to me, that's not a good enough motive, you know, I mean, yes, obviously jobs are great, but at what cost, you know, like, got men, women, children dying every day for, you know, essentially there's got to be another way to create jobs and whatever, but I don't know, I just don't think that way, I don't care about money or power or any of that stuff, you know, like, obviously, yeah, you need money to live, but we've lived extremely extremely frugally before so i don't know like it doesn't take much as long as you're happy with the people you're with so to me that's just that's not a good enough reason to be at war is money and power but no i'm also not uh whatever you want to call it an elitist or a rich person or a government official or whatever the fuck you want to right label that as but the, i mean the american people never want to go to war you know they never want to go until they're tricked into wanting to go right well yeah like i government. said again <laughs> referencing 9-11 it literally the next day everybody was gung-ho about you know going and killing people like it was immediate toby keith even wrote a fucking song about it for god's sake i mean everybody was on board you know i know my family was my family was like yep we gotta do it now you know yeah so i get it i mean it's not a dumb trick it's just you know at this point in life it's been done a few times you think people i mean i guess people technically are catching on you know i don't remember any of this kind of talk when i was a kid that maybe there was this type of talk when i was young there was but, yeah but i don't remember any of it like not like there is today like and i and i know that media has a lot to do with that because now there's outlets everywhere you know and people can say anything whenever however whatever they want but so I know it's easier to get that information now, but I don't remember people talking that way back then. I just knew that 9-11 happened and everybody was on board. I didn't know a single person who wasn't, you know? Yeah. So it works. Yeah, and 
at that time in 1941, I mean, people were way different than they are now. Right. But there was a attack and scared the hell out of everyone, and a shitload of sailors died. Right. At Pearl Harbor, um, but so I'm just gonna read a small portion of this. Uh, it's an interview with Robert B. Stinnett um, by Douglas Sirigano, um, and it was published in the Independent. Do you happen to know who that guy is? Like, what's the significance of him? Why is he being interviewed? Uh, Robert Stinnett wrote a book. He's the author of a book called Day of Deceit. Um, according to Stinnett, the answers to the mysteries of Pearl Harbor can be found in the extraordinary numbers of documents he was able to obtain through Freedom of Information Act requests. Cable after cable of, of de decryption, scores of military messages that America was intercepting, clearly show the Japanese ships were preparing for war and heading straight for Hawaii. Stinnett, an author, journalist, and a World War II veteran, spent 16 years delving into the, the National Archives. He poured over more than 200,000 documents and conducted dozens of inter interviews. This meticulous research led Stinnett to firmly to believe that FDR knew. Huh. So, uh, from November 25th, uh, 41, Japan's Admiral Yamamoto sent a radio message to the group of Japanese warships that would attack Pearl Harbor on Dece December 7th. Newly released naval records prove that from, Dece from November 17th to the 25th, the United States intercepted 83 messages that Yamamoto sent to his carriers. Part of the 20, November 25th message read, the task, uh, quote, the task force, keeping its movements strictly secret and maintaining close guard against submarines and aircraft, shall advance into Hawaiian waters and upon the very opening of hostilities shall attack the main force of the United States fleet in Hawaii and deal it a mortal blow. So this guy, Stinnett, Robert B. Stinnett, he dedicated, because he was a World War II veteran, mm -hmm. He after the war he dedicated 16 years of his life of going through the National Archives and going through all the Freedom of Information Act requests and found all these decrypted messages that they had been receiving prior to Pearl Harbor happening. Okay, so yeah, so somebody had to know. Whether it was FDR or not, somebody, somebody fucking... Right, up. right. What's his book called again? His book is called Day of Deceit. That might be a good one to read. That sounds pretty interesting. If he spent that many years, you know, collecting all that information and writing about it, like, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to read that, actually. Yeah, so just uh, another... Uh, obviously, this is prior to Vietnam, but mm -hmm. um, this attack... Uh, if FDR had foreknowledge of it, he could have, you know, the, the commander in chief has authority to do anything they want with the, the troops, the military, mm -hmm. the president literally can be like, um, everyone in Hawaii evacuate right now. If you wanted to, mm -hmm. he could withdraw all his forces from Europe, anywhere, anywhere he wants. Mm -hmm. So if FDR knew that of, of a four, you know, had foreknowledge of this Pearl Harbor attack, if he wanted to, he could have got everyone out of there prior to this happening. Because right. they were getting all these messages and they were all being decrypted and they, it, it was all known about in real time. Mm -hmm. So, but it didn't fit his political narrative at that time. So he just chose to just allow it to happen, which, you know. Why do you say it doesn't fit his political narrative? Like, what? Why would that not benefit him to have saved a bunch of people's lives, theoretically, if he knew it about it in advance, like to evacuate? Because he'd be saving a lot of people, you know, and then he'd probably be hailed a hero. You'd think, right? Yeah. So, like, why wouldn't that? But then he'd have to probably admit that he did know about it. You know, there's. I guess that's the dark side of the coin there is that he'd have to admit that he knew about it in advance and that's why he evacuated thus pretty much destroying the plan I suppose right well fuck I just answered my own question never mind so here's a little bit more from the article uh, your boys are not going to be sit into any foreign wars that was Roosevelt's famous campaign statement of 1940 he wasn't being ingenuous FDR's military and State Department leaders were agreeing that a victorious Nazi Germany 
would threaten the national security of the United States. In White House meetings, the, str that, the strong feeling was that America needed a call to action. This is not what the public wanted, though. 80 to 90% of the American people wanted nothing to do with Europe's war. So, according to Stinnett, Roosevelt provoked Japan to attack us, let it happen at Pearl Harbor, and thus galvanized the country to war. Uh, many who came into contact with Roosevelt during that time hinted that FDR wasn't being forthright about his intentions in Europe. After the attack on the Sunday evening of December 7, 1941, Roosevelt had a brief meeting in the White House with Edward R. Murrow, the famed journalist, and William Donovan, the founder of, of OSS, which later became the CIA. Um, later, Donovan told an assistant that he believed FDR welcomed the attack and didn't seem surprised. The only thing that Roosevelt seemed to care about, Donovan felt, was if the public would now support a declaration of war. So, Americans did not want to go to Europe and get entangled in the mess that was happening with Hitler and mm -hmm. uh, Japan and Russia. I mean, it was horrible what was happening there. I mean, obviously you don't want... Um, a dictator to be mass murdering uh, people, but also you don't want to just jump headlong into a war. Especially, well, that's the thing. Especially if you don't know or think that you can beat it, you know, or come out on the winning end at least, you know, because that's sacrificing a lot of people and you know expenses and all, all kinds of stuff so right so fdr believed which i'm sure rightly believed that europe if germany were to win that the next logical choice for, for hitler if he wanted world domination would be to also defeat america mm -hmm. so fdr um you know selfishly uh wanted to just let pearl harbor happen um, in order to galvanize the public's opinion mm -hmm. uh, to get them all pissed off and willing. You know, World War II had no um, issues with um, uh, enlistment. Uh, you know, everyone wanted to go. I mean, people were committing suicide because they couldn't go. Actually, my, I believe it was my grandpa on my mom's side, um, he couldn't go. And that like really bothered him his, yeah his whole life it bothered him yeah he wasn't eligible to go because he had i don't know flat feet or something something like he did really have weird flat feet because i i have like a huge huge arch in my foot and his is like perfectly flat i don't know why that's a thing or was a thing i don't know it's still a thing it but, still is but i don't know i never met anyone I don't know. in real life that had that yeah well my grandpa did and i know that that like bothered him forever which you know is weird to think about like you'd think that you wouldn't want to go but well, at that time, we were not, you know, we, the country was completely different then. You know, we were super patriotic yeah. at that time. Right. Everyone was. Um, but they still didn't want to just go fight a war for the hell of it. Well, yeah, no one wants to go do that willy-nilly, but like you said, then they create a reason and then everybody jumps on board, so, and it was kind of probably good the way they did it too because they held off for a while and they're like nope we're not gonna get involved just like the american people want and then they're like oh now we gotta go See, yeah we have to go we didn't want to but now we have to so yeah like oh man I'm like shoot. darn it now nah, we're gonna have to get on in that oh man pesky i know World we didn't want to deal with this but <laughs> damn it now we we have to right guys and everybody's like yeah we yeah. gotta here's my oldest children take them right here's my oldest boys Here's my husband. Here's my father. Take him. Let's go. Yeah, it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs. And to know that the the top commander of the military, being the president, doesn't give a shit enough to do the right thing. It's really troubling, you know? I, I just know if I was the president, me personally... I'm not committing troops to anywhere mm -hmm. unless it's a utter, unless we're being actively attacked, like, yeah, like someone in comes to the U.S., like we're being actively attacked. Well, and, and even then, I wouldn't send in a big amount. It would be precision I know, but troops I mean, again, 9-11 was on our soil, you know, and 
whatever. Right. So, but if that was a false flag, then who's to say anything else that came over here wouldn't be? Because there was a lot of sketchy shit with that thing too, you know? Like, how did they not pick that up that we had people in our radar and shit, you know? Like, a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I went on into all that with Noel um, on the yeah. 9-11 episode. But that, none of that makes sense. So I'm just saying that if they can pull a false flag over here and you were, say you were president, and you know what I'm saying? Like, if it happened again, who's to say that wouldn't be another one, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. And that's the other thing, too. Like, because we're not the government people and we're not the higher-ups, like, I don't understand any of it. I don't even want to try to pretend to understand all of it. But there's reasons behind what they do, I suppose, you know? But is it really benefiting us or is it not? You know what I mean? Like, like again, my personal opinion is money and power is not worth starting a war over, you know? But... Yeah, it's just, um... It's part, probably part of population control, too, you know? Like, we got how many fucking people on this planet, and they they talk about that once in a while, how that's gonna ruin us soon, so if they don't have war, and whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. I mean, it's probably there's probably multi-purposeful reasons for starting war, not just power and money there's probably a lot of other things too like yeah i mean it's great for the leaders because uh, almost uh, every single time that we're in war the president uh, gets two full terms because no one wants to change presidents in the middle of a war right you know like that was the biggest thing when bush two uh was the president they didn't want to change in the middle of fighting the war in iraq right so he just got a second term mm-hmm so that leads into um, the next uh, false uh, reason for us going to another war. And this is the one, the war that I participated in. So, um, 2003, we decided that for some reason we needed to go to war against Iraq. Okay. Can you recall... Or do you know why, you know, because we went to war against Afghanistan mm-hmm. um, because of 9-11. Okay. Why did we go to war against Iraq? Um, well, apparently I'm officially retarded because I thought we went to war against Iraq and then somehow eventually got into it with Afghanistan. I had it reversed. So I literally have no idea. Yeah, so... Um, I hope I'm not the only one uh, that thought that. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm really fucking stupid. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know. There's just no, you know, how do you know? You only know what the media says. And if you're not into it, or if you don't have someone around you that's into it, what difference does it make to you? I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're not you're not wrong. I, I mean, mean... It's not like we sat down and discussed all this over dinner every night, you know, no. for months on end or anything like no. I mean, I remember the exact moment and day of 9-11 and all that crap, but, you know, I was, I don't know, I was either 6th grade or 8th grade. I was in ninth grade, so okay, you so were in 8th grade. Okay, so I was in 8th grade. So I remember the classroom, I remember the teacher, I remember the moment, I remember watching it on TV, I, everything. I remember what I was wearing. Like, I know all that, but I really thought that we went against Iraq first and then Afghanistan later. Yeah, so, no. Whoopsie. Yeah, so the official reason or what they used to say the reason was um, to go to war against Iraq was um, Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. Yep, I remember hearing that on the TV over and over and over and over again. Yeah, weapons of mass destruction. So Iraq had weapons of mass destruction, and if we did not invade Iraq, Saddam Hussein was going to destroy the world with his weapons of mass destruction. So, you know, Colin Powell is really uh, the guy who made it, made his case um, to the UN. <coughs> Shit. You good? Do you know what the UN is? United Nations? Yes. So, Colin Powell went to the United Nations with a presentation um, that they had, that uh, Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. 
and we needed to go immediately, invade Iraq and topple Saddam to liberate Iraq's people because Saddam was such a brutal, evil dictator. We needed to liberate the people of Iraq and also find the weapon of mass destruction, the weapons of mass destruction. Uh, so that way Saddam didn't go nutso and nuclearize the world. So it wasn't just retaliation? No. So that like had It had nothing, nothing to do with 9-11 whatsoever. Oh. Well then. Yeah, no. So 9-11 happened in 2001. Yeah. Uh, we didn't invade Iraq until 2003. Okay. And up until 2003, you know, that's when... They were in Afghanistan? Yeah. Okay, so 2001 to 2003, they're in Afghanistan. Yeah. Okay. And then even in the... Uh, you know, Afghanistan still was going on at the same time. Yeah. It, it still is going on right now. There's someone right yeah, now sitting that. in a bunker right now smoking a cigarette, just w wondering what the fuck is going on. Bored. Mm -hmm. Still to this day. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, um, in 2003, we were still in Afghanistan, still doing active combat missions, the, the whole shebang mm -hmm. against the Taliban. Um, but we also got involved in Iraq. Um, and that was why? The weapons of mass destruction? Weapons of mass destruction. And Saddam Hussein and is Saddam evil. Hussein and Saddam Hussein is evil. we got to stop him. Got to stop. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So Colin Powell <clears throat> goes to... Um, so I'll, I've got another article here. This article is from The Intercept. Um, it was written in two, 2018. Lie After Lie is the title. What Colin Powell knew about Iraq 15 years ago and what he told the UN. The evidence is irrefutable. Powell consciously deceived the world in his 2003 presentation, making the case for war with Saddam Hussein. So that's what this article um, lays out. But basically, um, Colin Powell had all this intelligence that he was being fed from the CIA and uh, other sources that um, Saddam had all these underground um, weapons facilities uh, and he had all this enriched uranium and he was trying to put the uranium on warheads uh, underground you know, it's kind of like the same concept they have against uh, North Korea. You know, North Korea has nuclear weapons. They're, we're constantly trying to get them to not do it. And they got all these facilities to try to enrich uranium so that they can put the uranium on the tip of the warhead, you know, to make a nuclear weapon. So Colin Powell went to the United Nations and gave this big presentation on, uh, we've got all this, we've got irrefutable evidence that... Saddam is enriching uranium, and he's um, trying to get him on a warhead to create nuclear holocaust. Um, but as it turns out, that was all bullshit. You so know. nothing like that has ever been found, ever? No. Okay. No, there was no, there was no weapons of massive destruction... Found. I mean, obviously in Iraq there were uh, all kinds of shit. You know, they they're a country, so they have a military with jets and military weapons and all that type of stuff. But um, they never found any uh, nuclear warhead facilities or anything that that Colin Powell was saying existed based on his uh, intelligence proved to be uh, false. Did he ever ever have to come in back and be like, "Well, was wrong?" No. No. I mean, he is I mean, that's really cool to have a job that, you know, it's kind of like the weatherman, you can be completely wrong and you don't have to even admit shit. But this involves way more casualties. So you'd assume that you'd have to be like, <laughs> "He I mean, he kind of uh eventually tried to say that it was bad intelligence you know that's what the reason why but he had irrefutable evidence he right. said irrefutable to me that means like i fucking saw it with my own eyes like can't deny it fucking saw that shit 
or, or like, I don't know, I guess, you know, one of my best friends I would trust wholeheartedly if she said she saw something crazy. So, you know, or my brother, my best friend, they saw it. Something. Yeah. So all the claims that um, Colin Powell used to uh, give his presentation to the UN, all of them were either um, bad intelligence or just uh, outdated intelligence or just faulty information hmm. that he was just using uh, anything he could do to um, convince the UN that uh, that they had to go. You know, because it wasn't just Iraq, it wasn't just the U.S. that was that declared war. Well, we didn't declare war either. I mean, we. So there wasn't a declaration of war for 9-11 either. So we went to Afghanistan. So if there's no declaration, why the fuck are we still there then? If there's no <laughs> nothing to even say that we need to be there. Right. So I thought they had to have that. They're supposed to under the Constitution, yes. So why are they, what are they saying why we're there? They have used the same exact type of situation like they did in Vietnam. They justified going to Vietnam because of the Gulf of Gulf of Tonkin resolution, yeah, which was based on bullshit, as we've found out. Yeah, in two thousand one, they used this thing called the Authorization for Use of Military Force, um, AUMF. It's called. Um, it's not a declaration of war, uh, but they authorized that um, in two thousand one after nine eleven. Um, what's so funny? Just when you said A U M F, all I thought was, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Continue. It could be, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good uh, oh, acronym. It's easier to remember that than uh, <laughs> the other one. Sorry. But, yeah, the, so they, to this day, that's, the, that's still what they're justifying the entire operation of Afghanistan. That, that's why it's so dangerous. It's but called Why mission creep. have the fucking. Declaration of war bullshit, then anyway, if you're just gonna roundaboutly go around it anyway. So, are they okay? So, I hear people say, like, this is the longest war we've ever had. Well, if it's not really a declaration of war, is it fucking war anyway? Not technically, and the Constitution, no. It's just another conflict that we're in. The fuck? Well, then, literally. The last war we were declared to be in was World War II. That was the last time we had a declared <sighs> war through Congress. We haven't had a declared war through Congress since then. Korea, Vietnam. Uh, so none of them are technically wars. No, the the um, Gulf War one under Bush, um, Grenada, uh, fucking Kosovo, um, 9-11, Afghanistan, uh, Iraq, Libya, Syria. All these things. None of those are technical wars because they never were declared through Congress. Well, then why do they fucking call them that all the time? This is bullshit. Yeah. So they use the authorization of use of military force to justify that they that's what they based the entire whole thing on which the, that's the reason why because they couldn't pass a declaration of war through Congress because it's hard to pass the, a, a declaration of war it's hard to pass anything I know, but through Congress. It's the Congress. same fucking thing. So, like, why even have a declaration of war if you can just roundaboutly go around it anyway? That's that doesn't the make any fucking sense. That's the problem. That makes zero sense. That's the all problem. right. All of you, fucking eight people that listen to us. I hope one of you is in Afghanistan or Iraq right now, and you just fucking come home. You're not at war. All right, just fucking come home. That's <laughs> bullshit. Just come home to your family. You're done. You're done. Yeah, so... You've been done for t way too long. I never knew any of this information. I didn't either. That's I had stupid. No... I didn't know that we weren't actually at war. That's fucking dumb. Not a declared war, no. That's... I know, but why even have that, like, avenue if you're just going to go around loophole. it anyway? It's a loophole. They ha The Congress and the government has a loophole for everything when it comes to them. But there's no loopholes for us, you know. They've got 10,000 loopholes... And 10,000 laws and 10,000 bunch of bullshit. But when it comes to us and anything to do with our well-being, it's all, uh, you know, strictly by the book. You know, we have to do everything by the book and they have a loophole for everything. You know, one law for them, another law for us. Yeah, I can't fucking wipe my ass without a fucking signed piece of paper half the time. My God, anytime I try to do fucking anything, 
do you have this piece of paper? Well, you need to have this piece of paper. Oh, but you got to have it signed by this person. And then you need this one to sign this one. And nope, it can't be faxed. It's got to be done in person. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's bullshit. But if we go to war, we just make up a reason and, you know, we don't actually need a declaration of war. We're just going to say this and call it that and then they're, we're good to go. We can just throw everybody and their mother over there now. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I never knew any of this no, information. I'm mad. That's I, not nice. I never knew any of this and I never, I didn't even find this out until um, I was in Iraq. That's when I first heard of the Gulf of Tonkin and the authorization for use of military force. I never knew any of that information. Well, now I'm bothered. Never heard of it ever. Not once before. I know I've been duped many times by the government, but now I feel like I've I've got a huge dupe. (laughs) A mega dupe. (laughs) I've been mega duped, and I don't like it. They just took a major dupe all over (laughs) you. Fuck you. Uh, Yuck. Yeah, they did, though. That that pisses me off. Like, that's not fair that they can just, like, well, we can't go to war because Congress won't, won't allow it. You know what? We'll just call it this and do this. We're still going to war. And they're even calling it war on fucking TV and shit. That's not... Uh, yeah, I'm, it's I'm confusing. Upset. It's confusing. It's not just confusing. It's bullshit, and it makes me angry. That's... Don't... Okay, if they did all this roundabout shit, and we're not really at war, or we're just... I can't see my air quotes when I say that, but I hope you can feel them when I'm talking. But, I don't know. I just, I know I'm upset. <laughs> I'm just upset. Why don't they just call it what it is then? Be like, we're just strong arming whatever because of this. We're not really at war because Congress just didn't let us go to war. So we're just sending troops in to keep an eye on things. Whatever, whatever. Why not just say that instead of being like, we're at war, we've been at war for because fucking 15 years. Because if we say years. that, then it's not going to look good and people are going to question it. I know, like, but we're not at war anyway. Like, Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, what, whatever this TV says, that's all that anyone knows. Unless you take time out of your day to figure it out. I mean, there's no way other other way to know. How would you know? That's why I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about Iraq. I didn't know anything about Iraq or where it was on a map until I was there. I mean, and, and then once I got there, I was like, huh, this isn't quite like what they said. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is going on? This is nothing as, as to what they said was going on. Right. Uh, you know, that's what got me to wonder, like, huh. And now you are the, the conspiracy nut that you are because of that. Yeah. Look what they made. They made you into what you are. Crazy, they did. Crazy man. And I was not the only one. There was lots of people. Well, yeah, I know. I've met some of your army buddies. They all pretty much think the same fucking thing because they're all in the same fucking place you were and concluded the same situation. You know, chalked it all up to that too. So. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, it is. But anyway, um, so that's pretty much our episode on the Gulf of Tonkin. Uh, and false flags. Every war we ever been in is bullshit. Uh, they trick you to believe that you just need to just up and abandon your whole life to go halfway around the world to go shoot people um, for whatever reason they make up. And then once it's all said and done, then they just shit on you <laughs> for having done it, you know. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm upset now, and uh, I don't like it, but I'm going to go take a mega dupe, <laughs> and maybe I'll just mail it off to someone uh, <laughs> so, someone in the government, because now I'm upset, <laughs> and I don't know any mature way to express that to them, so I'm just going to send them my mega dupe. <laughs> For all the listeners out there, don't let the government take a dupe on you. <laughs> Yeah, because now I feel dirty and gross and angry. And now I'm resorting to mailing them my dupe. So <laughs> so with that, uh, that's our uh, latest episode of Double Thought Dimension. Uh, I'm your host, Derek. Um, we're going to be doing another episode uh, for Tuesday, another uh, Crime Time Tuesday. Yep, don't miss up. Crime Time Tuesday. Um, I picked a case that's pretty local to us here in Wisconsin um so 
I don't know, if you're outside of Wisconsin or bordering Minnesota, you probably haven't heard of it. Um, but it's a little bit graphic. Um, I shouldn't say graphic. It's not so graphic. It's just, it, it involves kids. Um, so if you're not into that sort of thing, uh, go ahead and skip that episode. But uh, what you should do is go to doublethoughtdimension.com, uh, click on all the links that you can find on there, read all the blog posts that I write. Um, I just come up with them, uh, whatever crosses my mind that day. Um, click on the RSS feed, go to that, uh, listen to podcasts that way, or you can go to Spotify. Um, just go to, if you have a Spotify, just go to Spotify, go to the search bar, Double Thought Dimension. And you'll find our podcast on there. Uh, follow it. Um, then we might have more than eight listeners, uh, not including ourselves, because we're two of those listeners. <laughs> we're two. So really, we only have two, uh, six listeners. Right. And six of uh, though all those are our blood relatives, I believe. So no, I got a couple that aren't blood relatives, but they are my best friends. So <laughs> thanks, guys. You guys are the best. Um, also. Um, Go ahead and go to the Instagram so I'll post photos from, like, the crime, not necessarily crime scenes, but, you know, from the cases that I cover for Tuesdays. And if you feel, uh, feeling frisky, you can go to your email and type us a message, say hi, or if there's a case you want me to cover, or if you just have thoughts, or if you just want to <coughs> tell us that we're obnoxious, um, that'd be great. So, dtdimension at protonmail.com. Also, uh, if you have Apple Podcasts, um, that seems to be the only place where you can actually leave a review. Uh, so if you are on Apple, Apple Podcasts, um, find us on there, Double Thought Dimension. Uh, leave a five-star review and write a review. Uh, that way it has more um, listeners and it goes higher up on the Apple's bullshit. Um, and, you know, it's funny to read a r reviews. Yeah, and just heads up, we were talking about this beforehand because we were reading shitty reviews on on uh, podcasts that we enjoy listening to. So if you leave us a bad one, um, we're probably just going to laugh at you and we might even read it aloud because it's probably going to be quite comical because people don't know how to just move along with their day if they're feeling butthurt or disagree with something. So there's that. Yeah, I encourage all reviews. I, I, I encourage all one-star reviews if you're into that. Feel yep. free to leave a one-star review and an extremely um, negative and uh, disturbing um, thought that you have. It yep. won't bother me. Um, I'll find it amusing. So, yeah. DoubleThoughtDimension.com is our website. And you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Or you can just click on the RSS feed on the website. All right. Well, it's been another episode. And... That's about it. Yeah, it's been real. Take care. <laughs>